So I'm going to open in prayer, and then we'll kick it off. Father God, thank you so much for this beautiful day. Thank you so much for your creation that we can be in and enjoy. Thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you so much for Jesus. And uh, Father God, thank you so much for the joy we have in him. Lord, I pray right now that you would just be speaking and uh, that we would all just be hearing you and uh, you would bless our time together and uh, we would be encouraged and prepared for the rest of the week to go out and serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we're speaking on life verses. And today, my life verse, well, it's always been my life verse since I found it, but I found my life verse about a year into being a Christian. After I got saved, I was walking through life as a Christian and looking at the examples of people around me and thinking to myself that to be a Christian, it looks like this is a very disciplined and, and hard-working life. And, and that was reaffirmed by what people were telling me, what I was seeing, and the examples I saw in the Bible. But I started looking at it and thinking, well, if, if it's that hard work, it must be like hard work in other areas of my life. And hard work in other areas of my life has always been I've had to, you know, really jump in and, and grind hard and work hard to get things done. And then at the end of the day, I can go and relax. And so I started looking at my faith in this way, that... Uh, that my faith was something that I had to work hard at and I had to be diligent about and I had to be disciplined and, and it had to be very work oriented and in doing so um, I failed to receive any joy from the work that I was doing and the life I was living and I thought to myself well I can't be joyful because if I'm joyful and that's selfish then it's me who's who's really gaining and benefiting from this it's not God and it's not others I, I must be taking the glory for myself um, and so I struggled with that and tried to, under, tried to understand uh, how I could be joyful but also do the work. And I just was struggling to find a balance until I stumbled upon, or God led me to, a uh, verse in Nehemiah. And it became my life verse as soon as I read it. And it says in Nehemiah 8.10, Nehemiah said, Go enjoy your choice food and sweet drinks and send some, of those who have, send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And that last part really caught me. I was like, wait a second, could it be? He says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so I, I looked at it again, and I thought, wow, I want to I claim this, this promise for myself as well. I want to be joyful. I want this to be my strength. But I thought, well, if it's just one example in the Bible, then, then maybe that's not enough. I need to go and, and search, search out more and seek out more. And so I found myself in the book of Philippians, looking at Paul's example. And Paul's example was an entire life lived once he knew Jesus in the joy of the Lord. And he continuously speaks of it. And the book of Philippians mentions it 12 times. And in chapter 4, verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. So now I knew I was supposed to be joyful. This is something that I'm commanded to do by Paul, and, and I'm supposed to be doing it, commanded by Nehemiah. He commanded God's people to be joyful in the Lord, but I didn't know how to do so. So I started seeking that out, and I looked to Paul's example, and I looked to the world's example, and I started looking at other people around me and trying to figure out how I could be joyful. And I looked around and found that this world can be very overwhelming at times. There can be a lot of pain, sadness, loss, debt, 
divorce, failure, stress, anxiety, depression, the list goes on. Life can be hard, certainly, and life can be difficult. And so I thought to myself, well, how can I experience joy every day if I'm facing all of these challenges? How can any of us feel joy if we're facing any, like, or all of these, or many of these challenges every single day? I thought to myself, how am I supposed to be joyful then? What am I supposed to find joy in? And I turned back to Philippians again, and I started looking at Paul's example and reading his story. And Paul's life is not a life of sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Paul's life is a life of hardship and suffering. But in that suffering, he claims that he's joyful. And I thought to myself, well, this is, this is insane. This is a crazy example. How could it be? And so I dug deeper. And my question I was trying to answer was, how was I supposed to be joyful? But instead, I found an answer in Paul's book of Philippians that was an answer to a different question. Instead of, how was I supposed to be joyful? The answer that he gave was to the question, what should my joy be in? What should I find joy in? What should make me joyful? And what is the source of my joy? And Paul reaffirms over and over in the book of Philippians that that's Jesus. But before we get to the Sunday school answer, Let's look at a real-life example here and try and think of where we actually place our joy. So I, I started looking around and, and thinking of myself and others around me, and when we were joyful, I wanted to know, I wanted to examine what we were looking at. And I found very quickly that people love to talk about sports. Guys love to talk about sports, and they know everything about sports. Either sports, cars, fishing, boats, hunting, camping, and I, I can only speak from a man's perspective here, so I don't know what women find joy in on a daily basis necessarily. But I know a lot of those things for men, and I'm sure for women there's plenty of things that on a daily basis you can find joy in. However, I also found that those things were fleeting. I found a great quote while I was preparing, and it said... <coughs> No amount of mockery or fashionable scowling will keep any of us from knowing or savoring the sun on our faces. Nor will it save us from the adult understanding that it cannot last forever. And that frustrated me. I started looking around at all these things and thinking, well, I could find joy in, in this, or I could find joy in that. And started trying to place my joy in those things, but as that quote shares eloquently, it's, it's all temporary. These are things that you could find joy in for a short amount of time, but in the end, it's going to fade away. It's going to end. It's, it's not something that you're able to continuously find joy in forever. And I struggled with that. I found that very difficult because I didn't want that momentary joy. I wanted a joy that was going to last. And so I, I found myself just seeking again. Where can I find joy, joy that will last? And how can it be my strength? And so I turned back to Philippians again. And I found myself this time in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Paul says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, because like him in his death, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. And so at first I read this, and as I was reading through all of Paul's example, I was 
slightly confused as to a lot of the things he was saying because a lot of them were very challenging and they were very contrary to what the world was saying. He was finding joy in suffering. He was finding joy in chains. He was finding joy in being shipwrecked. And I was looking at these things and thinking to myself, I don't, I don't think I could find joy in those things. And I really don't think that many of the people that I know in daily life would find joy in these things. So how could this man possibly be joyful? What is he on? <laughs> and then I found out. I found out that he just continually speaks about Christ and that Christ is his strength. And it's just incredible to look through his example and see all of the things that he did and to see that he made it through them with Jesus. And so I wanted to know deeper, why is it that he's able to do this? Why is it that he's able to find this joy in Christ and this joy that's able to get him through some really hard circumstances? I mean, the guy's not out fishing and hunting and camping or working on his car. This guy is suffering and in pain, and yet he's joyful. So I turned to Philippians and I started digging deeper into that passage. And I read a commentary and it said that for the I want to know Christ more, Paul's emphasis here is gaining a deeper knowledge and intimacy with Christ. And then he says the, the power of his resurrection. He wants to know the power of his resurrection. And that's Christ's resurrection most graphically demonstrated the extent of his power. By raising himself from the dead, Jesus displayed his power both over the physical and spiritual worlds. And then Paul goes even further and says, and I want a fellowship in the sharing of his sufferings. Those are the parts that confuse me. When he says things like that, I say, well, that doesn't make sense. But then for Paul, it did, because it refers to a partnership, a deep communication, suffering that every believer in Christ shares, and that we know Christ is able to comfort because he suffered himself in the same way and infinitely more. Then Paul says, I also want to become like him in his death. As Christ died for the purpose of redeeming sinners, so Paul had that same purpose in the lesser sense. He lived and would willingly die to reach sinners with the gospel. I started questioning what I was really living for. Was I living for those daily pleasures, the things that I was enjoying? Was I living for waking up the next morning and going for a bike ride or going fishing or camping? Was I living to go and watch sports or play sports or spend time with friends? And none of these things are wrong. But if I'm finding my joy solely in those things, then there's an issue because they're going to fall away. They're not going to last. And Paul understood this. And he said, and somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Paul's life and death, though not redemptive, were for the same purpose as his Lord's, to reach sinners with the gospel. When I started looking at what I should be living for, when I started looking at this long-term, this eternal and selfless goal of living to reach the lost, then all of a sudden I started to think, well, maybe it's not about me finding joy in these little things. Maybe it's about me finding joy in God's purpose for me. Finding joy in walking with God and trying to reach sinners. And in doing so, it's not going to be easy. There will be sufferings. There will be challenges. And Paul experienced that. But Paul said it was worth it. 
Paul showed and he shared by his example that a life lived for Christ, lived to reach sinners with the gospel, can be very challenging, can be difficult, can be full of suffering, but that it's worth it. I read a quote also while preparing by Tim Keller, and he said, You rejoice in the suffering because suffering produces stronger endurance, perseverance, character, and that leads to more hope. And that hope is in the future glory of God. So all of a sudden, my focus went from focusing on daily trying to find joy in the little things to an eternal focus of finding joy in Christ, who is eternal, knowing that no matter what happened here on earth, that at the end of my life, I knew where I was going, that I had a greater purpose than to just wake up daily and find joy in the little things, that God was in control of all of these things, and that when I became bogged down by, by debt, pain, sorrow, sadness, or loneliness, any of those things, that I was focusing on the here and now, and I was losing sight of how our focus should be eternal, and our focus should be that God has got this, and that he's in control of everything that's happening right now, and that he can use it all to his good purpose. And so my challenge for you, or better yet, a secret, the secret to joyful Christian living is that as Christians, we're actually not always joyful. However, we do have an eternal, unconditional, and ever-present source of joy, and that is Christ. And we can draw from Christ this incredible peace and this incredible joy that passes all of the concerns of this world because he's already lived through them and he lived an incredible life and then died and was resurrected from the dead and so we have a living hope in Christ one who's already suffered all of the things that we've suffered and all we could ever suffer and came through on the other side and so we have that hope to look to so in closing if you remember nothing else remember we are not always joyful but we always can be. So, just pray again and then close off. Father God, thank you so much for your son Jesus. Thank you so much that he came, lived on this earth, went through the things that we would go through so that we couldn't say that he didn't know and that you didn't know, but you do. Jesus did. He lived through the suffering. He lived through the pain, the difficulty, the loneliness, the sadness. He lived through all of it. And then he died for us, Father. We thank you so much for him. We thank you so much that we have a living hope in him. And that when we focus on him every day, we can find joy in him by shifting our focus from the daily and the struggles and everything that is around us, all the finite things that bother and hurt us and pain us, and shifting our focus onto the eternal glory that will be when we are reunited with you, Father. And the amazing joy we can find in serving you on this earth to bring others into this amazing joy and this truth and this love that we know. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.